Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Serpent's Kiss. Serpent's Kiss is a heavy metal progressive power metal band. This band has been delivering since 1999. They have released Dragon King, taking things to an even higher level. And here is my interview with Serpent's Kiss. Hello, my friend. How's it going? Great. I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Absolutely. I wanted to ask about the recording process for Dragon King. How did it go? Oh man, it was <laughs> it was it was a lot of it was a lot of work. <laughs> um well, kind of our recording process obviously cuz most of the the members of Serpent's Kiss are actually all over the globe. Um, there's a couple of us here in North America, and then obviously a few more of us over in uh, Europe, over in the UK and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, so kind of our recording process would start was um, um, Will Philpot, the, the co-founder of Serpent's Kiss, he would kind of come up with this musical idea and he would send it, uh, he'd send it over to, to me We'd kind of think of melody and write lyrics over top of that, but then we would ship a, ship the whole kind of demo over to um, uh, our drummer buddy, uh, Mike Machine is his stage name, um, and he would uh, put down the drum track for us, and we would just build up from there, basically, and we would send it back and forth through the internet all the way across over into the UK, back to Canada, back wow. to the States, all of that stuff like that. <laughs> And I wanted to ask you about the song Dark Oppressor. That's one of my favorite tracks on the album. Yeah, it's a pretty cool tune. I really like that. Um, I wanted to ask you about it lyrically and musically. Okay. <clears throat> well, um, Dark Oppressors itself, like, <sighs> kind of the whole idea sitting through that song, um, I was actually having a, a really hard time thinking of a, a, how we were going to address the idea of the dark oppressor and how we were going to do this because, you know, there's so many different avenues you can pick sure. um, for that, for that type of title. Cause it was kind of our writing price process would be um, Will would give me a name of the song and he's like, all right, turn this into uh, write write some lyrics and let's see what we can do with that. And so, dark oppressors we i i was getting this really big feel it's really taking on like some system of a down vibes and trying mm -hmm. to but like trying not to be super political about it at the same time obviously because that's not what we do um but uh that was kind of my way lyrically and then um for will will um when it comes to writing the the music side of things like um the best way he 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 just has that he just has that ear man he just knows how to turn a song make music sound like a movie in mm -hmm. his own way and i don't the, that man's mind's got fireworks going off inside his head all the time he's got so many ideas all the time and it's one of the he's one of my favorite songwriters to work with actually and uh i wish i could have had him here to actually discuss that uh that side of it because um will really wrote most of the music for the dark oppressors track and I also wanted to ask you about the song Hydra. That's another one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. That's um that's also a really, really cool one. Um, um kind of again, the whole same ideas is um we would go back and forth. The Hydra one, um God, um 
that one lyrically was uh i was actually really excited with the lyrics for hydra um especially when it hits into that chorus um building mm-hmm. up into that chorus it's just so strong and grabs you it almost makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck um that uh, that song um again we were it was just kind of like you know um it was like the peak of everything you know i'm a huge i'm a huge lord of the rings fan and everything like that and i was going through the hobbit and idea and watching as uh, this the character smog is like destroying the city and all of this stuff and it really kind of gives you that vibe like this is kind of what i want to portray with ourselves lyrically and that was kind of how i got the idea lyrically there and uh, another thing i wanted to ask you is what song was the most challenging as far as vocals for you? Vocally, the most challenging song. Oh, um, I would probably have to say. Um, I had to go over and over Dragon King a few times just mm-hmm. to kind of re- get that melody exactly the way I liked it. Um uh, it, when it comes to writing for Serpent's Kiss and the melodies and everything, I try not to be uh, try not to be too consistent with my melodies. I try to change it up here and there, uh, so that way, if like one verse has a specific melody, then the next verse will have a different melody. And for me, it was just kind of we when I was in in my uh, recording studio, it was constantly like, okay, is this going to work? Is this not going to work? And then I'd record it and then I'd kill my, I would be tiring myself out and then I'd have to come back to it later. So it was a constant back and forth until I got it exactly the way we wanted it to be. And I also wanted to ask you uh, vocally, um, as far as uh, singing live, um, do you try to keep within, like when you're doing an album, do you try to keep within a certain register so you're not killing yourself live? Yeah, no, uh, for me, uh, like, when it comes to myself, uh, lyric, uh, as a vocalist, I do have my comfortability spots, um, for sure, I, or my more comfortable spots to sing in. Um, when it, when we, uh, how do I describe it? This is a, it's just kind of, when we're going, uh, when we're writing a lot of this, I try to try to stay more in like the, like the a minor keys and stuff like that and that's usually mm-hmm. how it works for me that's usually my more comfortable spot is like the a minor you know c anything like that it depends where you're it depends how the song's written really but um that's kind of the kind of the idea and yeah usually we try to do it like that i don't want to i don't ever want to blow up my voice or anything like that and especially like when it comes to doing the serpent's kiss stuff because a lot of that music it's got a lot more reach you know we're holding a lot more ad libs in our in those songs lyrically and um or not lyrically but emotionally and stuff like that and so uh we try to keep it in a comfortability i'm not gonna if it if it's if the song's um out of my register i just can't do it and we'll just end up Re re-recording the parts to be in a better key for me. Sure. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you if you could speak on the album artwork and the artist that was involved. <clears throat> um, well, when it comes to the artwork, um, we were we were discussing it with a few different friends, and uh, this was a buddy um, of um, over in K, and um, 
unfortunately we didn't get to use the same guy that we used for the first record dragon lord Mm -hmm. but but um we were really excited to with the record um uh i unfortunately uh, you know we've been so busy lately and will's been off uh dealing with some family issues at the moment but um we've uh I, I don't actually have the name of the artist that had uh, created uh, the the artwork, but it's going to be printed on the CDs here in the next little bit. So I'm just kind of waiting on all of that information. And I wanted to ask, uh, what can fans look for next? Well, um, Will and I have been into conversation and talking about... Uh, we're talking about doing a, an EP, an extended play, and we're, we're, we're going to kind of go back to... Uh, what we like doing is writing those really big, big story songs, kind of like that. You know, like for me, I uh, I grew up listening to like Rush and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. You know, and Hemisphere, Hemispheres was my all time. And me and Will have been back and forth talking about like let's do an extended play, but let's do it like the twenty minute song, and we're gonna cut it up into parts, and we'll do it like how basically kind of like how the hemispheres thing was done and that's that's what we're on about right right now that's great mm-hmm. i wanted to know if you could give me a history lesson on the band yeah well for for me like i i'm the i am the uh, youngest member of the band and uh uh the the freshest member i guess you could say um um uh, the band itself um, has been around for uh, for quite a few years. Like you know, um, two thousand five, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, something like that. Two thousand five when it officially became Serpent's Kiss. But before that, like it was, it had a few different names like that. And um, one of the more popular names that it had before it became Serpent's Kiss was Omen. And you know, Will, this was like I was I wasn't even a twinkle in my father's eye at this point. Man. <laughs> <laughs> like this is a uh, uh, this was a. Uh, you know, they were they were playing that classic British heavy metal and stuff. And, you know, they were writing out. And there's a few odd CDs out there. I've I've only ever gotten to see them on Will's shelf. I've never actually gotten to hear them or anything like that. But uh, it started there. And then 2005, Will put together with a, a friend of his, uh, Wayne Russell, who then they had created this name Serpent's Kiss. And Serpent's Kiss is, has gone through a few different vocalists from um, male vocalists to that one point, actually, before I joined the band, there was uh, two female twin singers, which I thought was the bad was badass as all hell. Mm-hmm. And, and um, but uh, th- that just didn't end up working out for them. And then um, for me, I ended up moving to the UK for a, a period of time um in my youth and i uh i had just i was fresh out of fresh out of college and all that kind of stuff and i was uh, living with my uh, family up in northern england and i had just happened to come across uh meeting will um while i was out there and uh, we started talking and all of that stuff and he said hey man if you want to come over and record uh try out vocals for serpent's kiss I'd, I'd love it if you would. And I was like, hell yeah, hundred percent. I was uh, like, my bucket list was to be in that British heavy metal band that I always grew right. up listening to. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, this was, this would have been, God, this would have been back in 2016 or 2017. If I'm, I can't remember the exact year anymore. It's been so long, but um, I ended up trying out and he's, uh, 
that was basically it. Will said, you're the vocalist I've been looking for for like 20 something years. And I'm like, perfect. All right. Let's, let's make an, let's make an album. And we kind of got on, we started on working on making a dragon Lord. That was our first go. And, um, you know, that was kind of the history of that. We were working really hard, you know, we put out, we got Dragon Lord out, and I believe it was in 2018 when Dragon Lord officially dropped. Mm-hmm. And um, that record um, did all right. It wasn't, it was, again, you know, from the ashes, we kind of tried to, are trying to climb out of that. And, you know, we, uh, we did that. Um, we worked our butts off, but we were really, what we really wanted to do is get a, now that we had this one record out, we really wanted to get jumping on the next record. And then all of a sudden it was like, we were, we were writing the songs. We, we put a year into putting the songs together. Um, This was rolling into 2019 and then 2020 hit. And then we were struck with the COVID crisis. Right. And um, then all of a sudden it was like, uh Oh, couldn't do, couldn't do much. Like we were, we were just like, I couldn't go back over to England. Um, Will couldn't come back to Canada or the United States. And um, so we were just kind of at this pause point. And so we really decided to just put our heads together and start writing, really just writing, writing and writing. And that's kind of what our main focus was all through that time was just putting out the best we could for what we had at that time nobody could we couldn't be in the same room and record together it was just it was not it was not possible you know and you coming i'm i'm originally from canada and um canada was a was a very 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 strict covid country um they were they uh we couldn't have people coming in and most people couldn't get out really (laughs) without uh, a bunch of covid regulation risks but i won't get onto the politics of that uh, just um, the music, it made it, uh, it was a little harder to really kind of get the feel for everybody's vibe when you guys are all in different studios across <laughs> across the world, right? Absolutely. But that was kind of the history there. But um, we had finally finalized the record. You know, it was a lot of ups and downs throughout it. But um, we finally put together these tracks, got them mixed, and I actually mastered the tracks and then um we put together dragon king and that was it so that's kind of like wow the 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 long the long (laughs) explanation of the history of the band so far to my knowledge and uh in speaking with the founding members Mm -hmm. i wanted to know what do you feel is the key to longevity in the business you know um one of the biggest things that I know about this business is, is, is that um, there's no such thing as fair. Um, you know, I, I've, I've worked, I've worked for a lot of different people in a lot of different genres of music. Um, when I was living in Hollywood and stuff like that, I learned that, um, you know, you might be the best guitar player there, but that doesn't mean shit. And excuse my language for that one, man, right. but that doesn't mean nothing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. big, the biggest thing about uh, doing well in this business and um, getting along is is uh, be a good dude to hang out with or a gal. Be a good dude or a good gal to hang out with. Like, you know, if you can hang out with a bunch of people for weeks on end and have a beer every now and then and get along without wanting to get at each other's throats, that's your biggest thing. 
right there. Right. Like you could be the most talented guy, but if you're an asshole, nobody's going to give a shit. Nobody. Right. You're, you're not. It's going to work with you. Yeah, exactly. And so that's kind of the longevity side of it is just be a good, be a good person to hang out with, man. That's that. That's the biggest part. That's my, that's my take on the whole business. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you personally, if you could pick your top eight, three vocalists, who would they be? Oh man, uh, that's a hard one for me. So like comes to vocals, like <laughs> I shape myself around, uh, it would be Rob Halford from Judas Priest. You, you got Ronnie James Dio. And then if I were to pick my last one, and this is going to be, this will be kind of a curveball for you, but Frank Sinatra. No, I get that. Yeah. And uh, th- though that's what I shaped, shaped, basically really thought about and put my vocals around, you know. <laughs> and I also wanted to ask you, if you could pick your proudest moment as an artist, what would it be? Oh, goodness. You know, it's really hard to compare the moments, um, you know, whether it's doing like the dream gig or putting out a record, you know, I was so over the moon to get this new record out. And it's one of my favorite moments working with Serpent's Kiss is putting out Dragon King. But, um, you know, I've had many a moment, you know, I've, uh, you know, I think alongside that putting out that record of dragon king there was opening up for jack russell's great white at the whiskey a go-go was one of my biggest ones as well and absolutely uh, um you know um there's there's so many parts in my history as a musician where i'm just like this was like the greatest moment of my life but then another moment comes and it's just as good if not better and it's uh, so it's it's really hard to single them out but yeah definitely alongside putting out the records it'd be opening up for artists i grew up listening to you know meeting meeting people that um I got to work with that I grew up idolizing as a kid because, you know, I was a, I was a hair metal kid growing up. I, I loved, I was, I was all about quiet riot, you know, Motley Crue, all of those bands like that. And, you know, and then ended up working for loads of these different guys in different circumstances. And, you know, it was what created uh, probably some of the best moments in my life was doing yeah, that kind that- of stuff. Jack Russell alone, when the Great White did that uh, live album doing Zeppelin tracks, I was totally floored at his yeah. vocals. Yeah, Holy man. crap. Right? And, the, <laughs> and the, the cool thing about Jack Russell, in my opinion, man, is this is like for, you know, his voice, he still got that voice. Yeah, he's a little, mm-hmm. he's a little bit more tired nowadays, but he's, he's got that voice still. And it, it just blows you away when you hear it live. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, if I were to add one more, probably one of the biggest parts of, uh, like holy hell moments for me in the industry was, uh, um, uh, meeting Frankie Benali from quiet riot before he passed away. Mm -hmm. I, um, I, I was, I was, I'm good. I was friend. I'm friends with, uh, Chuck Wright from, Mm -hmm. uh, who was formerly the bass player for quiet riot before Rudy Sarzo came back in. And uh, uh, Chuck Wright and uh, had me helping out there. Uh, you know, we did we did a few of the sound check stuff, and we were at the Whiskey and Go Go, and I got to meet Frankie Benali, and I believe that was actually the last show that Frankie did before he had actually passed away. So it was it was it was a, it was a big moment for me. 
Yeah, to me, there's a difference between a drummer and percussionist. And I think Benali was definitely a percussionist. He gave oh, you yeah. the wasp a great flavor. Right? Exactly. I agree 100% on that. I love that. And he was, you know, for the way he played, you, you would think like most rock hair drummers end up coming out there and they're holding the sticks the standard rock way. No, this guy was holding his sticks just like the traditional jazz players and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was great. I loved it. I also wanted to ask you, what's the best way to get merchandising from the band? Best way to get merchandising in the sense of selling or just purchasing? Uh, purchasing. If you want to get the uh, copy of the CD when it gets together, where where can you get it? Um, right now, we're we are waiting on the prints to come out. Um, but the best place is going to be going through to our website, uh, officialserpentskiss.com. And uh, basically, there'll be a if you follow the navigation on the website, it'll take you to our Bandcamp store where you'll be able to buy uh, Serpent's Kiss merch right from there. Excellent. And lastly, I wanted to ask you, if you could give any message to your fans, what would that message be? Um, well, if I were to give a message, it would probably be... <laughs> it would probably be... Uh, I hope you guys like the record and... We're not as heavy as Pantera, but we hope that we knocked your fucking socks off. But that's <laughs> that's how I put that. Well, I think this album is absolutely amazing. Um, I think this band is definitely going forward. And uh, this is one of my favorites of the year, to be honest. I, I'm I'm very grateful to hear that. And I really appreciate the kind words, man. Like that is that is that means a lot to uh, a lot to me and I know it'll mean a lot to Will and all of that stuff and uh, Mike and Wayne and all of the guys that are involved with creating this record. And we really, really, really appreciate that. And doing this podcast, I try to uh, get out these albums like this that are making statements, you know, some bands, you know, be quite honest, you can throw them in a bag, shake it up and it all comes out the same. Mm hmm. Um, yes. This is not that. <laughs> <laughs> Hell, well, I really appreciate that, man. That's 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 awesome to hear that. And you know, uh, it's just it's such an an amazing feeling to hear that people are really appreciating the work because you know, like at this point in life, you know, you kind of you you play music because you know you're not going to be making shit tons of money. You play it because you love it, and if people love it, holy hell, that's the best thing out there. That's, that's sure. The, that's what I love about it. That's well, I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me. Absolutely. No, thank you for having me, man. It, I'm, I'm, I'm having fun. <laughs> All right. And please feel free to update me at any time when any new news comes about so we can get it out there. Absolutely, man. I, I will be sure to do that as soon as I can. <laughs> All right. You take care, my friend. You have a great rest of your day. You as well. Take care. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye. I'd like to thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can sponsor the podcast. Just click that button and you can be a member of the family. And remember, come see me for a fix.